I want to welcome you, our online audience. Glad that you guys have joined us today. Glad that you're here. We are wrapping up a series today um, called Clichés, Half-Truths, and Lies We Believe. And I don't know about you, this has been a fun series for Will and I as we've walked the summer uh, kind of through some of this stuff, looking at things that we say, um, sometimes because it's just kind of a catchy saying, and sometimes you know it's true, a little bit true, and sometimes it has a, just a tiny bit of truth, and sometimes it's not really true at all, but it sounds real good, so we say it. And so we've been unpacking that together, and today we want to we wrap this series up. Beginning next week, uh, we're going to do a series called This Is Us. And uh, what we want to talk about is uh, who we are as a church and what we really believe God has called us to be. Now, let me, let me just be very honest with you. We recognize it takes all kinds of churches for all kinds of people. And uh, we know that not everybody you know, will care for who we are or what we're about, and that's, and that's really okay, which is why the church is so diverse and different. It's, it's really all right. But we want to be really clear about what we believe God has called us to be as a congregation, and I'm excited about leaning into that uh, beginning next, next Sunday and hope that you will be, be back for that. But let's kick off today. Let me open with the story. November 30th, 1954, there's a woman by the name of Ann Hodges, um, it was a chilly day. It was in uh, uh, Silacoga, uh, Alabama, and she was laying on her couch, and she was wrapped in quilts, and then all of a sudden, there was this huge boom that she heard, and um, something came shooting through the roof of her home, ricocheted off the huge Philco radio that they had against the wall, and hit her in the side. It was a meteorite. Yeah. Ann Hodges is the only known person that we, the only person that we know of who has actually been struck by a meteorite. There you can see the hole in her roof there with the, the police officers. Throw that next picture up on the screen. That's a nasty bruise. It's about the size of a pineapple, they said, um, when, when, it, when, it, when, it, when it hit. Throw that next one up on the screen. And this is a picture of Anne uh, actually holding the meteorite. It was about the size of a softball. And um, it, was, it made national news. Uh, it was one of those things that, you know, kind of hit the airways and everybody was, was talking about it. People came. Well, what was interesting is Anne and her husband, Eugene, were, they were just renting this home. And, uh, you know, when people think there's money to be made, everything kind of changes. Well, you know, because it made such national news, everybody started thinking, well, man, you know, we could make some money out of this meteorite. And so the people who actually owned the home, uh, the woman claimed that because the meteorite hit her property, it was hers. And Ann said, yeah, but it hit me, you know. And so there was actually a court battle that, you know, you know ended up happening. And um, the, the judge actually sided with the owner of the home. He said, you know, got to say it is your property. And, you know, if it's on your property, it does belong to you. But there was such a public outcry that, um, that people said, you know, the woman was hit by a meteorite. You know, give her the rock. And uh, so you can imagine what would have happened in social media today. But uh, the owner did. They finally, they did give, eventually give the, give the, the meteorite to Ann. But what, what I thought was really interesting is how Ann, when she talked about the meteorite, here's what she said. She said, this belongs to me. She said, God intended for me to have this meteorite. After all, he threw it at me. Let's unpack that theologically for a second. <laughs> Do you really believe 
that on November 30th, 1954, God was sitting on his throne, bored. Angels were a little off key. He was having a, you know, kind of a rough day in heaven. And he looked down and saw Anne laying on that couch, wrapped up in her quilts. And he said to one of the angels, go get me a rock. (laughs) Anybody believe in this? Let me ask you another question. If God wanted to throw a meteorite at Anne, do you really think he would miss? Yeah. Now, can we just agree, if God wants you dead, you're dead. (laughs) Well, at the heart of this, though, it goes to a cliche that we often say. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And the sister to that is the cliche, it was meant to be. Now, I want to talk about this today. Um, and and I, want to, I want to kind of get to it right at the beginning here. Because I want you to understand, I want you to look at me, and I want you to hear my heart. Not everything happens for a reason. Everything has a cause, but not everything has a reason. You see, the underlying theology of that says that everything that goes on is a part of some master plan, and there's a, some puppet master up there that is making everything that happens, happens, and the, no, no matter what it is, good or bad, it, it's, it's, it's got either some, uh, if you don't believe in a personal God, some cosmological you know, force to it, or, or there is a personal God who's just causing all of these things to happen, and, and, and I want to get to this today, because we often think about, it's very comforting for us to say this, it, it, you know, it kind of gives us a sense that you know, we want to feel like all of life is really under control, that there's really not as much chaos as we actually do live in. It gives us comfort to say that. Now, hear my heart. Some things happen for a reason, but not everything happens for a reason. Now, I want to unpack that with you today. Now, everybody look at me. Just take a deep breath. It's okay. Because what I know is that there, some of you, you're, you're not going to agree with what I say today. Some of you are not going to agree with some of the stuff I say, and that's okay. I promise you, there are Sundays I go home and I think, you know, I'm not sure I agree with what I just said today. You know, it's okay. You don't have to agree with everything. But let me, let me push on your theology just a little bit because I think it's really important for us to wrap our minds around because quite frankly, when I stand back and look at this world and all the things that happen, if God is causing all of this stuff to happen, if God is making all of these things happen, then I've got a lot of questions. Ready? Why don't you take your sermon notes out, out and let, let's, let's walk through this together. I think this will help you. Here we go. Here's the first, first thing I want to say that some things have a natural cause. There are lots of causes. Some things have a natural cause. You catch a cold, you get a virus, you get a bacteria, you get an infection. You know, those, those are our, our natural causes. Or, or we think about what state do we live in here? Geography test. What, what state do we live in, Deans? Only three of you know. <laughs> what state? Say it together. There we go. Oklahoma. Now, sometimes in the spring, we get these really nasty storms that produce these big winds that we call tornadoes. Now, here, here's what I want you to understand. When tornadoes happen, like they happened back in 2013, and we had an F5 that came through that destroyed over 12,000 homes, 25 people lost their lives, did over $2 billion worth of damage. That wasn't God. 
That was weather. Amen? Weather happens. If you live in California, what kind of natural disasters happen there? Earthquakes. If you build your home on a fault line at some point, it's going to shake. Let's hear my heart. It's not God. It's a fault line. If you build a home in New Orleans, what can you expect? Floods. Well, you're building your home below sea level. The waters will rise. It, 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 it happens. And, and over and over and over again, we, we've got to understand that the, these are, are, are natural causes of, of things that take place. And, and they, happen. they happen in California. They happen in New Orleans. If, 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 if you're in New York City, what natural cause happens there? Muggings. Muggings. <laughs> you don't put 10 million people in a small space and expect not. <laughs> All I want to say is that there, a lot of times we, we've even referred to these in society as acts of God. Look at me. I love you. They're not acts of God. They're acts of weather. They're acts of living in a physical world that has natural causes to it. Okay? That makes sense? Sometimes, some things have a human cause. Now, this is going to hurt a bit. Some things have a human cause. When God created us and put us in the garden, he gave us, the, the word they use there is called dominion. God gave us power. And a part of that, God gave us the power to make choices. And we can, we can choose to do good with those choices. We can choose to do bad with those choices. We, 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 we have power at our disposal. And sometimes, sometimes when people do things, we look at it and we go, you know, why, why did God let that happen? Well, it, it, God created us to have this incredible thing called free will because he wanted us to be able to do good things by choosing to do good things. We just don't always choose it. Um, that's why in, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, when after God had got the people out of Egypt and he took them for 40 years through the wilderness, man, and they just kept, you know, making bad decisions and gets them to the banks of the, of the promised land. And he, he says to them, today, I'm going to set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. What's God saying? God's saying for all of the times that I can heal you, bail you out and work in your presence what I'm not going to do is stop you from making bad decisions. Some things have a human cause. Some things, the best way I can say it, is they have, they have an accidental cause. It's just an accident. It's just stuff that happens. You'll get this. How many of you have ever locked your keys in your car? And some of you are lying. I know you have. How many of you have ever had a flat tire? How many of you have ever misplaced your phone? Yeah. This is my wife's favorite. Wanda will often yell to me in the next room, can you call my phone for me? How many of your spouses do this? Yeah. Can you call my phone? Yeah. Wanda does counseling on Tuesday, Thursday nights, and she always calls me when she's getting ready to leave so I can make sure she gets to her car safely and is on her way home safely. One night I'm talking to her on her way, and as we're talking, all of a sudden she goes, <gasps> and I said, what's the matter? She goes, oh, never mind. And I said, what? She goes, you're not going to believe. And I said, what? She goes, I was about to ask you to call my phone. I couldn't find it. <laughs> Don't worry. We've already got the papers drawn up. It says, okay. It's okay. It's okay. Some things just happen. They're, they're accidents. Look at me. When you lock your keys in your car, it's not God. 
When you have a flat tire, it's not God. But when things happen like that, just understand there are accidents that simply happen in life. It's just, it's just kind of those things that happen. Let, let, me, let me take this. And this, this one is, gets a little bit strange, but it's true. Some things have an evil cause. They have an evil cause. Now, I, I wish I could tell you, I really, I'd be lying if I told you I understood this completely because I really don't, but I, I do understand this. Satan has power. I'm not sure how much power he has. I'm not really sure what all he is capable of, of doing under the restraints that God has put on. But what I do know is the enemy does have power. He certainly has influence. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But some things, quite frankly, they, they do have an evil cause to them. But that gets me to the next one, and that is that some things do have a divine cause. Now, for all that I've said, I, I, I want you to understand this. God, who created this world, does intersect with this world. There are things that are directly from the hand of God. There, there are times that God intervenes in his creation. There are times God protects. There are times that, that, that God heals. There are times that God does things that are, 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 are supernatural, and it's just simply God moving and God's power at work. Now, we don't understand it. There's the sovereignty of God. He chooses to do those things, but there are things that directly happen from him. But this is the part that I want you to understand. God doesn't control this world. God is in charge. He's just not in control. And, and that's a part that we have to get to. It's uncomfortable for us, but it's true. Now, let me, let me unpack this a little, little bit. Are you ready? Keep, keep walking through your outline with me. God doesn't cause all things, but he does work in all things. God doesn't cause all things, but he does work in all things. And I want this to be really reassuring for you. Last week, I talked about, um, in one of the points of my message, I talked about the, the young man, Joseph, who had this dream when he was 17 about being a ruler over his brothers and his father and all of that. And I talked about the fact that that made his brothers jealous and how they ended up uh, telling his father that he would die and they, they sold him into slavery. And I, I talked about how all of that happened. And it was 13 years before Joseph actually got to the place, you know, that God fulfilled that dream for him. But, but I want you to look at this. This is so cool. When, when, when Joseph got to that place, he, he said something really cool. Here's what I want you to understand. Throw that up on the screen for me. Here's what Joseph said. Read it out loud with me. As far as I'm concerned, God turned into good what you meant for evil, for he brought me to this high position that I have today so that I could save the lives of many people. Now, I want you to understand it. I don't think God wanted Joseph's brothers to betray him. I don't think God intended that Joseph's brothers would hurt him. I don't think God, God could have gotten Joseph to where he wanted him to be a lot of other different ways. Does this make sense to you? But what God did was he did want to make sure that there was something he wanted to fulfill. So in spite of what the brothers did, God reached in with his hand and he did some things that only God can do. Does that make sense to you? Not that God wanted his brothers to do this, but God took what was happening and God made something out of it. And I promise you, this is what God does again and again and again. For those of us who endured, again, let's go back to 2013 when we went through the tornado. It was horrible. Our, our, our whole community were back on our heels. But for those of you who were here and went through that, how many of you can look back and say, in spite of all of the disaster and things that took place, you saw the hand of God many times over? 
See, we saw God in the middle of something that was horrible do good. God takes it and does something incredible. In fact, that's why I love the verse. Throw it up on the screen from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Read it with me, church. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Look at me. Things don't work for good. God works for good. Things have no, the things are inanimate. They have no mind of their own. But God works in those things that happen, and he works for our good. I saw, this was such a great story. This woman named Ruth Oosterman is an artist, and she had a little two-year-old daughter named Eve, and she saw her daughter kind of mimicking her. She, her daughter would see mommy doing these paintings and stuff, and so her two-year-old daughter started taking paper and just scribbling on it, as, as, as kids would do. Well, Ruth saw what her daughter had done, and decided to do something really cool. She would take the drawings, these scribbles, these messes that her daughter would do, and she would make masterpieces out of them. It was phenomenal. In fact, I want to show you just a quick video. You can actually see it and play. Play that video for me. And that's exactly what God does. God steps into our chaos. He doesn't prevent the chaos, but he steps into our chaos with us, and he brings order to our lives in the midst of the chaos. God steps into our messes, and he makes masterpieces out of them. Look, look at me. I want you to hear my heart. I, I don't know what you've been going through, but I know some of us have had some things happen to us recently that are really aren't good things. And I just want you to understand, God hasn't hand-selected you for persecution. But what he does promise you is that as in the midst of whatever it is that life brings your way, he will step into your mess. He will step into your chaos. He will step into your pain and be with you. Amen? Amen. Now, just as God does that, there's a piece that the enemy does as well. The devil doesn't cause every bad thing that happens. But he will try to use it against you. The devil doesn't cause every bad thing. Not every bad thing that happens. Again, some things have natural causes. Some things have human causes. Some things have accidental causes. Not everything that happens is the devil causing it to happen. But here's what I promise you. In the midst of what you're going through, he will step into that and try to use it against you. I love it when 
the Apostle Peter, when he was writing uh, his epistles, he was writing them to the Christians who were being persecuted. These were people who were driven from their homes. They were, they were beaten. They were separated, had their family separated, and they were put to death. And you can imagine that there were people who were asking, where is God in all of this? Where is God? And yet, look at what Peter says. I want, you, I want you to get there. Look at what he says to him. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Read it with me, church. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Because what he knows is the enemy is going to take this bad stuff that's happening and he's going to try to make you believe that God has abandoned you, and he has not. In fact, I love how Jesus describes the, the devil and the way that he works. Read it out loud with me, church. Jesus said, when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Think about it. When something really bad happens, you hear this voice in the back of your head that goes, there is no God. If there was really a God, he wouldn't have let this happen. Where do you think that comes from? He drives a wedge. He, he wants to make you believe that God is not real or that God doesn't care or that God has left you. Let me take that a step further. How many married couples do we have? Yeah. How many of you have been mad at each other at some point along the way? Oh, some of you are lying. I guarantee you that. I know some of you. Well, it, here's what happens. Again, you understand it. It, it. It's a natural thing where two or three gather together. The Bible says there will be a fight. You know, that's okay. Well, it doesn't say that, but it should because that's, that's what happened. And when, and when, we, when we find ourselves, here's what happens when you, when you get upset with each other. Something happens. It's a natural thing in a mirror. Something, something happens. But have you ever, in the midst of that bad thing happening and you're upset, you hear this voice in the back of your head that says, they don't love you. If they really loved you, they wouldn't have done that. You ought to just leave them. You ought to just walk away. You deserve better. You, you, ever, you ever wonder where some of those voices come from? You see, this is an enemy. He's a, he's a liar. He's, this is his native language. This is what he does. He tries to drive wedges. For some of us who have gone through hard times, you, you, ever, you ever wonder, you know, think to yourself, I, I, I might as well just quit. I might as well just give up. You ever heard that voice in the back of your head? You might as well throw in the towel. Where do you, where do you think that voice comes from? Not every bad thing is, is that the devil causing it, but here's what I promise you. He will seize every moment that he can to use it against you. Jesus said the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he'll do it every way he can. Amen? Now, let me go one more further with you. Not everything um, has a reason, but everything does have lessons. <laughs> Pastor Steve, what can I do with all of this? If everything doesn't happen for a reason, what can I do when stuff happens? Well, you can learn the lesson. Okay, come on. Church, Sunday morning. I know confession is not easy, but let, let, you know, how many of you would be honest enough to admit, not only have you messed up, but how many of you would be honest enough to admit you've made the same mistake more than once? Yeah. How many three times or more? Yeah. How many of you are like me and you've just joined the stupid club and you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this is a part of what, what we need to understand is that a part of the reason that, you know, things happen repeatedly to us is because we don't take time to really learn what we need to learn in the midst. I read this verse the other day, Proverbs, and God just slapped me with it and said, you know, you might want to learn a lesson here. This is for me, not for you guys. Read it with me. Fools are famous for repeating their errors. Wow. Wow. Throw that picture up on the screen. This is... <laughs> 
This young lady is named Jennifer Armstrong. About a month and a, no, five weeks ago, Jennifer was arrested in Dublin, Ireland. Um, she was intoxicated, and she walked into a liquor store and uh, tried to shoplift a bottle of wine. And uh, when they caught her, uh, she attacked the people that she caught her. And so she, you know, was really, you know, got, got in trouble. They, they took her into the police station. She was convicted of um, not just shoplifting, but of, uh, of assault, all this kind of stuff. Well, when they, when they convicted her, before the judge sentenced her, Jennifer says to the judge, one more chance, just one more chance. How many of you have said that to your parents? Come on, one more chance. Yeah, one more chance. Just one more chance. Just give me one more chance. And the judge, because he was benevolent and kind, said, okay, I'm not going to send you to jail. I'm going to let you do um, a day program where you go in and that kind of stuff and work on this alcoholic addiction that you have. And, um, and Jennifer said that she would. Week and a half later, the police were called to another liquor store where our friend Jennifer had walked in and um, wanted to purchase the alcohol but didn't have enough money or something, and she got mad, and she started throwing bottles of liquor at the clerk behind the counter. Well, she landed back in jail, and um, this created a real upcry in the community because the people were upset that she was let off the last time. Are you guys ready for this? The last time that Jennifer was arrested... It was her 648th time to be convicted. 648. One more chance. Give me one more chance. We did that 647 times ago. (laughs) You see, at some point on this journey, it stops being a spiritual test and it starts being an IQ test, okay? And and you you gotta realize, if you keep doing the same things, You're going to end up with the same results. If you always do what you've always done, you always get what you always got. Amen? Now, we need to step back and we need to be able to, when life happens, we need to be able to just say, God, what can I learn? What can I learn about you and who you are? What can I learn about me and who I am? You know, what, what can I learn about life? What, what can I learn about faithfulness? What can, what can I learn about temptation? What can I learn about diligence? What, what can I learn about all of this? Because life is an ongoing school, amen? I, I love what John Maxwell says. This is so cool. How many of you have ever heard experience is the best teacher? Yeah, but some people have the same experience over and over. I love what John Maxwell says. He said, experience is not the best teacher. Evaluated experiences. And everyone said, amen. Let me give you one last thought this morning. And this is huge. We get really fixated on the things that happen to us. And we get really upset with God about the things that happen to us. But here's what I need you to know. What happens to you is not nearly as important as what happens in you. What happens to you is not nearly as important as what happens in you. You want an interesting study, go back through scripture and look at all of the great people of faith. And I'm going to tell you that the common denominator for all of them were that they went through horrible, horrible experiences. 
But there was something about their faith, there was something about the way that they had locked into God, that they made this determination that nothing that goes on out here can take away who I am in here. And here's what I want you to get. You see, we want to say everything happens for a reason because we want all of the pieces to fall into place out here. And what I want you to understand is that all these pieces are not going to fall into place out here. This stuff doesn't always happen for a reason, but you have the reason within you if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. One of the things I love about the Apostle Paul was how he never let the experience of life rob him of who he was. I love this. Throw this up on the screen, the passage from Philippians 4. Paul said, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything that you heard from me and saw me doing. Read it with me. Then the peace of God will be with you. Then that peace will be with you. And where did Paul write this from? He was in prison. Paul said, you know, I can be behind prison walls. I can be in shackles. I can have a Roman guard standing right next to me, but you know what they can't touch? They can't touch that Christ that is within me. You see, when I've got Christ within me, I don't don't need everything to fall into place. In fact, can I tell you a secret? If I've got Christ within me, I really don't even live here. I'm just passing through. I'm a citizen of heaven. Amen. When we really learn that and lean into God, God can not only give us peace in the midst of what we're going through, he can take what we've been through and use it for amazing things. Throw that picture up on the screen. This young lady, her name is Jerry Jackson. Um, I grew up with Jerry back in Springfield, Ohio. Um, Jerry's brother uh, married actually one of Wanda's sister. His brother, her brother growing up was one of my closest friends. and um, Still lives in the Springfield area. I was uh, in Dayton, Ohio, three weeks ago today, preaching. And I had put on Facebook that I was going to be there. And Jerry was one of the f- friends that came down from Springfield to, to be there when I preached. And after the service, we had a chance to visit a little bit. And as we were standing there talking, she said, do you, do you know what yesterday was? And I said, no. And she said, it's, it was the seventh anniversary. July 20th, 2012, Aurora, Colorado. Some of you remember a very disturbed young man walked into a movie theater at the showing of a Batman movie and Open fire on an audience of people. Twelve people were killed. One of them was Jerry's son, Matt. Seven years ago, she said, was when Matt's life was taken. We had a chance to stand and just uh, visit um, about what that was like and what healing has been like for her over the last seven years and how God has come alongside of her. That was three weeks ago today. You remember what happened one week ago in Dayton, Ohio? Somebody opened fire downtown and shot and killed 10 people. 
This picture was sent to me by a friend because on the night of the vigil after that happened, Jerry went from Springfield down to Dayton to be at that vigil and to be with those families who had lost loved ones in that shooting. Jerry had a chance to come alongside of moms who lost their kids. She had a chance to come along families who were grieving. She had been where they were. She had walked through that pain. Jerry could have become bitter. Jerry could have been angry at God, angry at the world. Jerry could have just holed herself up somewhere. But in the midst of her healing, Jerry has allowed God to not only work in her, but to work through her. To bring comfort to this crazy, crazy world where chaos happens. Not everything happens for a reason. But how thankful are we today that in all things, God will work for good when we love him and are called according to his purposes. Amen. Rachel, go ahead and come on. I'm going to invite my prayer partners, if you guys would go ahead and and come on up. And uh, This morning, we're going to close our service out with a a song and an opportunity to invite you to a a time of prayer. um, this morning, you've got a, a few different options. You can just, while we sing, just make uh, this pew right where you are your own personal little space, and you can just um, worship and lean into God through prayer right there. There may be some of you who have special prayer requests you'd like us to remember this week, and you want to put those on a prayer card and hang those on our prayer walls on, on either side. Um, there may be some of you who just need a moment alone. Maybe you're going through some stuff and you just need a moment to pray by yourself and you'd like to just come. There's altars on either side where you can just kneel and we'll leave you by yourself to do that. But some of you, you may be walking through some stuff and you just want someone to pray with you. You just want someone to just agree with you in prayer about something that you're facing, something you're dealing with, something you're hurting from. You know, the Bible says we're two or three gathered together. And I'm right there in their midst. The prayers of people together are powerful. Our prayer partners here in the front would be more than happy to pray with any of you about anything that you're walking through over these next few moments. You just walk up to them. You can share what's going on if you like, or you can just say, you know, I just got something that I don't really want to talk about, but would you just pray for me? And they'll be happy to pray for you like that, whatever you're comfortable with. Make the most of these next few moments. Look at me, gang. God loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And he cares about what you're walking through. And you don't have to do this by yourself. We have people who'd be happy to pray with you. Rachel, lead us, would you? Be still, my soul. Peace.
Let's pray together. Lord, as we come before you today, how grateful we are that you never leave us or forsake us. If we were to be honest, we'd have to confess that we wish sometimes you would just wave your arm and and stop all the bad stuff that happens in this world. But that's not how you created it to operate. But what you did promise, Lord, is that you would walk with us through all of the chaos. What you did promise is that you would be willing to forgive us when we confess our sin, that you would be willing to heal us when we come before you, that you'd be willing to make us whole. What you did promise, Lord, is that you would walk with us even through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't have to be afraid. And Father, we confess to you that we don't really always understand how things happen in life, but what we do believe, Lord, is that in all things, you work for our good. And so, Father, today, I just pray that you would come alongside of each and every one who's here. You know what they're walking through. You know what they need from you today. And I pray today, Lord, as they lean into you, that you would wrap your arms around them, that the presence of who you are, that the knowledge of your love, that the power of your grace, that the miracle of your healing would wash over them. I pray that you would strengthen them. Lord, I know that for many people that the enemy has been trying to drive a wedge between them and you, between them and their spouse, between them and their kids. And Lord, today we rebuke the enemy in every single way that he tries to use life against us. And we declare today that through you, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And so today, God, for every person who may came in discouraged today, would you breathe into them just a fresh new breath of life? Would you help them to fix their eyes upon you? God, we thank you today. Thank you that in the midst of a chaotic, corrupted world, that we have an incredible God that we can hang on to. And it's in your precious name that we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Hey, it's been great having you with us in worship this morning. Thanks for being here. Again, if you are new or nearly new, right in front of you on the back of your pews, there's a guest card. If you'll grab one of those, put your name on it. I'll be out by the Welcome Center. Please stop by. Give me a chance to shake your hand. We have a little gift we'd like to give you as well. Uh, If there's anything we can help you with, please let us know. Don't forget as you're leaving today, sign up for your classes on Wednesday night and to help in the kitchen. I love you guys. We'll see you next week.